0: hello to anyone listening this podcast i want to record is uh hopefully strictly focused on um a documentary docu-series a docu-series that came out on netflix uh might have been last week but um it was so enthralling is that the word it was so uh, emotional that it was a roller coaster of different things. And I, I wanted to cover it. So if you haven't seen it and you, you know how I always compare it to Gone Girl, if you've seen that movie. So there's a different reveals or, or uh, if you're more into the sci-fi stuff, maybe vantage point. What if I'm naming a bunch of really bad movies? Uh, anyway, so it, it's a, a docuseries will carefully craft the story, which is such a fascinating thing because it's almost like it's uh, I mean, they say you can change the narrative of anything just in editing. Uh, so it, it probably goes along those uh type of uh, skills to to do this. Anyways, uh, it, it'll it reveal different things and pull you deeper and deeper into the, the rabbit hole of whatever the case they're working on or the narrative that they're trying to push. And so I, I wanted to go through those things because there's so many uh, thoughts that I had watching this, and uh, you're the people that I share my thoughts on this with. Um, and I, I guess I feel less guilty because you can stop this and go about your day at any point or not uh, and if you don't then I, I'm greatly appreciative uh, but yeah so I, I want to go through the whole series and, and uh, if you don't want to know those plot points and, and different things then it, this is probably one that you want to wait on if you care to hear it um, and uh yeah and i can understand that because there is certain things that are revealed that really uh change the perspective all throughout like like i said like gong girl or vantage point where uh one perspective something might look a certain way and and then a different revelation makes you kind of see the whole thing it's what's great about really well-crafted stories or uh Uh, films, that you can rewatch it. And after the fact, you're learning more every time, every viewing. So enough about that. Um, This uh, docuseries is the, what's the exact name? The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Um, I'm assuming that this is probably been promoted online somewhere or you've heard of this before and it, it's about a case of a little boy that was that the, even the, the trailer feels very because uh, when I first started watching it it wasn't like I searched this out it was more like we have a little bit of time to kill let's watch something and then this trailer happen. You know how it's it, Netflix has this really annoying thing now that it, when you lay your cursor on anything, it immediately starts playing a trailer for it. And it's kind of annoying when you're just on, on hold waiting to do something. And no matter what you do, you can't make the TV quiet up. Um, <clears throat> I mean, unless you hit the mute button, but who does that? Um. Okay, so the trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Uh, I thought it might say that they that it was released, but no. So the the thing starts off, and it's it's just a simple oh my son he was horsing horseplay. He was uh, wrestling his brother, and now he's unconscious. But they. Uh, look at the at the boy and they notice that he has like uh, really bad scarring and evidence of abuse for a long period of time. And then they start to investigate especially since obviously he didn't make it. Uh, this uh, trial is all on uh, the murder of this little boy. And so the first episode is some of the hardest Television? Can you still say that? The hardest documentary to watch. And uh, I don't have children yet, but I obviously—I I mean, I've talked about suffering the loss of my little brother. Uh, he was um, 14 years. Ah, uh, jeez, oh, I'm confusing the numbers. Anyway, my little brother passed away, and and just. Uh, all the the emotion, the the horror, the torture of of losing a loved one is uh, very it's it's so triggering. You feel the sincerity of of loss. And uh, so the first episode is is really hard to go through and uh, you're gonna need some tissue close by. Uh, but the great thing is that, uh, so uh, there's just a surface level thing like that. And then they start to look at, okay, so what exactly happened? And they're showing evidence of um, certain uh, things in the boy's stomach that he was forced to eat. Uh, injuries that are just, uh, that should have been treated. If, like m- month old scars and uh, in the end, they, they they follow you through the uh, all the the revelation. But uh, let me see, episode two. Um, they start uh, digging into the details of what happened, and uh, deputy is seeking the death penalty. Um, about the death penalty there's going to be more on that so let me dig into that in a, in a few more minutes um, failure at all levels this was a huge thing that uh, so there's a lot of things that you think about especially as you keep hearing more and more of the horror that the child suffered you start to get very angry it, anytime it involves children it really upsets me and Uh, This is no different, of course, but you start to ask very, it's almost like calling them cliches, like cliche questions of why didn't the boy tell his teacher? Why didn't the boy run away? Why didn't he fight back? Why didn't he? And all these different thoughts. And then you keep forgetting that all this is the, the boy is only eight or eight, seven or eight. And and uh, they even address some of those. At one point, they say like, "Why, why couldn't he run away?" And you realize that it's an eight year old. And if you've been around uh, a growing mind, there's a very uh, emotionally dependent time in a child. I, I saw this in my little brother, and I maybe it's just a, a observation that I'm linking to something else. But anyway. Um, children have this this innocence and just uh, adoration and just this love, unconditional love towards their caregivers, their parents, in a way where uh, they will try whatever they can in their mind to justify what's happening to them. And ultimately, it's it's essentially what happens when a mind is is broken with the whole Illuminati, the the Project Monarch programming, and all this uh, torture stuff. It's ultimately a, a hatred for receiving a certain type of behavior, and then that it's convincing the person that nobody cares about them or that they have no power over the influence uh, that their experience they're experiencing and then i also thought you know what about neighbors like if i heard a child being hurt bad i'd probably kick their door down and you say that but when you see this guy isaro what's the do they have the names here The uh, stepfather, Isaro, isaro I I don't know his last name. I don't know if it's on here. But anyway, the stepfather, you see the guy and not only does he never show emotion when he's in the courthouse, but there's this... Anger that you see in him, and I, I really wonder what his past is like. Because this is what's so fascinating about the documentary that it it rides you through this roller coaster of who should I blame, and then the obvious people. Uh, some of them surface, like the caseworkers, which it, it's such a controversial debate. Uh, okay, before I jump into that one, uh, that there, there is different. Places where you realize you say like, oh, what about the teacher? The teacher should have said something. And then you see that she did attempt a couple of times, even though she knew that the child would get it worse. She still made phone calls to try to better the situation. And uh, even a security guard that saw the boy. He, you think to yourself, like, wait, why wouldn't the guard just grab the little boy, tell the man to step back and cuff him if possible, call the sheriffs immediately? And it, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain step that we, uh, after the fact, we. Uh, how would you say There's an ideology that we have Of how we should behave when we're faced With certain things like that And not to say that we're Not as brave as our mind Tells us but There's a certain Perspective that we're not seeing When we're not The the people suffering through That stuff uh, And so I wonder like For example if there was a lot Of screaming and then uh, let's say you as as a listener now imagine yourself yelling out, hey, what's going on in there or something along the lines of what is there a problem? Should I call the cops? And then getting a, a response where you're in danger. You know that the person is going to aggress towards you. It's, it's not an easy thing. And if you have children or people that, that care about you, then it's not like you can go all heroic comic book character-like. Um, but, okay, so the caseworkers, they were sent out at separate times. And while I, I think that it was very crucial, because the, the thing that was different about this case was that they were ultimately pooled, like like they were sent to court to defend not only their jobs, but the responsibility that they had and how their failure could have prevented uh, or how would you say their failure might have uh, allowed this murder to take place that either one of them could have did something different and and changed things and it, so it was uh, two caseworkers with two supervisors and it, it's tough because that's one of those things where it's funny that this is the example i have okay but think of who you're talking to this is just a, a guy i'm just a guy when i worked at a uh, a toy store <clears throat> not my better days but anyway, I'm working at a toy store, and the regional supervisor came to the area. I don't know how long I had been here by then, but anyway, we uh, a friend of mine told me about this job, and I was working there with him and I got savvy with the register and all of the almost the managerial and uh, all the typical procedures, and so the. Uh, assistant supervisor position was offered which there's three i thought it was three maybe four assistant supervisors there's the actual supervisor and then the regional which is the person that's there uh offering the position and uh so it was so informal where it was just kind of like a, hey uh I heard that they're going to, well, the assistant supervisor said, hey, I heard that they might offer you the assistant supervisor position. And I thought, okay, it better be a good raise if I'm going to be responsible for money because the assistant supervisor opens the store on their own and runs it while the first employee shows up. So, in other words, if there's any money missing, you're responsible. <clears throat> kind of a tangent but the, I'll, I'll I'll swing it back around okay just hang in there so uh the regional manager asked me like hey Robert are you interested in being the assistant supervisor and uh she said uh you have uh you'd have a step up from blah 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 like making it sound like it's really that big a deal and i i knowing full well what it entailed both in responsibilities and in uh like what you're responsible for and what you're going to be doing in other words and i think that i was told and this is what's so funny that it was like a 10 cent or 15 cent an hour raise to get this position and then at that point I mean, three strikes and you're out. You, you, you're short a penny or I don't remember how it worked. It's either short or above and three times. No, I guess if you're above, it didn't matter. It's only when you were short because I, I know that some managers freaked out at the end of the day and they're missing uh, a few bucks and they would just pull out their wallet and put the money in just so they didn't get in trouble. So, again, Being close to the supervisor, uh, assistant supervisors paid off because then you know exactly what their troubles are and everything. And so she's like, oh, it's a 15. I'm being generous. Might have been less. But uh, there's a 15 cent raise associated with this position, Robert. It's a really great opportunity, kind of like waiting. And so I said. What did I say? I know it wasn't big. It wasn't like 75 cents. I said something like, make it 30 cents. Because I, I don't know where I got the 30 cents, but I guess I figured that was enough to m- make me <laughs> maybe 50 cents. Whatever it was, it's it st- we're, still we're not talking a dollar uh, raise. And so I said, oh, I'll, I'll do it for a 50 cent raise. No, I can't do that. She flat out just says it. And then I said, okay, then I'm not interested. And she was surprised, like, wow, you're going to leave this opportunity? But it's like, I'd rather just be a clerk. I'd rather just stock and clean and, and do my regular duties. And, you know, even in my union, there's a... A technique that I don't honestly know if it works anymore, but some old timers that are just frankly tired and they're just waiting it out till their retirement time comes up, they uh, they will just become essentially helpers. So they're not responsible for the job. They just do what they're told or what they know how to do. And that's all it is. It's just a nine to five for them at that point. Um but so anyway the the social workers, the supervisors, it's kind of like a shock that, oh wait, the supervisor's in charge and granted I, I understand i I think they say on there he has what is it like thirty workers under him, and he's trying to manage a bunch of different uh, I think it was like three hundred cases. See, if I would have podcasted this during the week, I'd have these numbers spot on. Um, but I, I, I uh, uh, when I saw the documentary, it, re- it was so impactful, but I just haven't had time during the week. Uh, so the, this is what you get me guessing numbers. But anyway, it was something like 300 cases and they're struggling. So y- you can understand things falling through the c- cracks. I... Also know that there is uh, somebody coming to your door and you saying, you know what? No, I don't want you to come in my home. My son is staying at his uncle's house, but he's fine. That was a false call of what they said. And then I'm sure that just to put it this way, when I had, I don't know, any of the nonsense over the phone conversation things, uh, except for the like the customer service ones, but whenever I had like, oh, hey, don't forget to call this person back because they need a f- such and such fax from this person, and they need to mail it out to the east coast, and that kind of stuff. It, it's it's so much work, and it it's exhausting. It's the type of work that brings you tired at the end of the day, and just as tired as as physical work, but. Uh, I guess every step of the way in the documentary, you're just hoping that somebody did something a little bit different because even the security guard, and it's interesting because I, I know that guy, not the guy personally, but I know the security guard that was just such a nice guy. I, I, actually, in some of the buildings that I go to, I can tell the type of guard that he's... Really chill, really laid back, but really alert. Won't hesitate to take charge if if needed. But they're just the sweetest guy and they're not afraid. Like you might see them out there just sweeping. And it's like it's not even their job description to to do maintenance at all. But they don't have anything to do and they know that there's no customers during that time. So why not? And they those guys that are just willing to just do an extra little step... And so he sees uh, G- Gabriel and he uh, kind of points out to the workers, hey, look, it looks like we have a case of abuse here. And uh, he's told, hey, we're about to close. They don't want us to get involved. And he's like, well, why don't you just call it in then? No, they told me not to. Well, why don't you? Ah, that's an, a violation of blah, blah, blah. And then he still goes out of his way. Risking getting in trouble Probably sounds like I keep getting choked up, but my throat keeps drying up um, I need more practice talking so um, There's this re- revelation in the whole documentary that okay, I I Live in LA County. I've worked in downtown I, I mean, I, I can... I wonder if they did, like, an art piece. You know, The <clears throat> they do, like, the, the city skyline. Skylight? Skyline? What is it called? Anyway, they do the silhouette of the city. And I, I have a feeling that I could tell it apart if I saw uh, L.A. one. I mean, I'm fairly familiar with the architecture and uh uh, often if there's a movie based in that area i'll know Uh, i've either been in the building and worked or uh, been on another rooftop that's that's in the background or something but anyway i noticed that the documentary has a very elegant way of especially in the intro and in even the way that it's shot to make L.A. look like this amazing metropolis that has beautiful architecture and just well-maintained modern buildings. And it's not like that at all. Towards the end, and maybe it's like episode five or six, the final two, they're showing a little more of the gritty areas of L.A. But if you ever come out to L.A., go to the area where look up Skid Row. that'll give you a a little hint of what you're looking up. You drive up, uh, what is that? Alam? not Alam? Alameda? Yeah, I think it's Alameda. Around where the little Tokyo area is. And it looks like the apocalypse. It looks like, like a dystopia where people are just living on the streets. It's bad. And all the uh, homeless are being pushed towards these areas. And then some of them are being shipped to the valley. A strange thing. But um, again, I keep going back to that, that tour, that walk where L.A. is built literally over the the bones of the the people that lived here before. And there's just so much darkness. And it's weird because the one of the most uh, thrilling parts of the documentary, And I think it's uh, it's part four, I think. Social Sheriff's Department. Yes. So they need some documents uh, of some sort of audit that the Sheriff's Department had, and they weren't releasing the documents. He needed it for the case. The judge uh, demanded copies of this document, and the sheriffs think that they're under uh, investigation because of what happened as failure to their department. So it it starts to really get almost like a cop drama like i, I keep thinking of dark night but the parts where they're talking about lawyers and the mob and all these different things and so uh there's <clears throat> his his wife is essentially told hey if you really need backup you're not going to find it in time meaning we're not going to come save you if you need help Uh, because your husband's investigating and then the guy you can tell how heroic and and stoic this guy is I mean all through the documentary you see his drive and how he is very professional and very passionate about uh, bringing the murderers uh, to justice (coughs) and with that brilliant segue um So the murderers, it's actually Gabriel's birth mom that ends up being uh, part of the, uh, I guess, the influencer and the abuser. And then the step boyfriend, what's the mom? The mom is, uh, I always say a different name, but trial of sorrow begins. So the mother, okay, Pearl that's what it is so Pearl um, the boyfriend is sorrow and the sad thing is that it's uh, I have a theory on why this type of situation is allowed to happen and part of it is understanding Latin culture there's this machismo in in Mexican culture, that is, uh, or just Latin culture, I should say, it's so powerful. I know that uh, I've seen it in my family uh, myself. And there's just this uh, I mean, it's the type of culture where you constantly hear things like stop crying, only girls cry. You wanna, you, are you a little girl? And that type of come on, be a tough boy kind of teachings. And so I think that that the progressive ideas that keep getting pushed in the media, I mean, most of the cartoons, look at all the different comic books, there's either just a a complete gender swap or there's characters that are uh, of different leaning sexual uh, leanings and sexual preferences that that really have nothing to do with the story but they just want to say that this character is gay and th- that drama of coming out and and uh, I guess the fight for individuality and and how would you say demanding that they're acknowledged as hey I'm into this type of thing uh, but that kind of clashes with the old traditional thing it's the same thing that I heard from the uh, the guy that, that knows about Japanese culture man I feel like I'm so vague with these different people but anyway this guy was with the media uh, the uh, um, products shipping and import and export of products and culture and uh, he was saying that in Japan the reason why marijuana hasn't progressively been accepted is not so much the new generations. I mean, the new generations are cool with it, but the old generations are so stuck on their ways. If you remember there, it wasn't a lot of the conflict that they were still till fairly recent. Uh, and, and I mean, in, in history, they still believed that an emperor was an actual deity and this type of uh, belief it was i mean it was closed off from everything and it, i i guess culturally in japan they are very uh, set in their ways and once they've accepted a certain belief they're uh they're there for a long time which <clears throat> here's a weird example that Uh, In our society, there's a lot of supernatural things that honestly do happen. Whether you believe in them or not, there's these experiences that constantly happen. But what's changed is the belief in it because they have always been around. I mean, back in the day, it wouldn't be a rare thing for you to go down the street and do a seance and try to communicate with your ancestors and get some guidance over something. Uh, today, you have everything from palm reading to card reading uh, down the street, anywhere you're at. It, it's just a an, an evolution. But the thing is, the, the spiritual forces are still there. It's just that our perspective keeps changing in, in a way where it's... Uh, I I would say it's held with such uh, animosity to change an idea once it's been established. Uh, I don't want to get into the other conspiracy. Let's let's just focus on the uh, this Gabriel uh, Gabriel (laughs) Iglesias Gabriel Fernandez. Gabriel Fernandez. Yeah, Fernandez. Um so okay, we covered the security, we covered it. so the the parents um here's the thing that was some of the hardest in, in me in my mind to kind of debate and wrap my mind around and it's the fact that I understand it I know that uh, there was that that shooter the sniper that said crack my head open when I'm dead once I've been executed get inside my head and check to see because I have these evil thoughts and there's I there must be a physical reason for it and it turned out that he he had some sort of tumor that was stimulating a part of the brain and it was an abnormality in his brain whether it was the cause or not uh, Who's to know? But he did have an abnormality, and I—that type of damage is very prevalent, and I would say a hundred percent provable that it's through abuse. It's almost that, another way of looking at it is seeing it as a spiritual force that's injecting itself into from the predator to the prey and then the prey becomes infected it's essentially the way vampirism is transferred Um, yeah let me get a drink of water oh man my battery died I forgot to switch the batteries Um, but now I'm on it's hardwired um where was i vampirism why did i mention members oh okay so so there's a, a video that i always mention and it, it was very impactful to me because uh it kind of rehappened. and if you remember that case it where the security guard went to the wrong floor got in the wrong apartment they had Universal Keys, for some reason, uh, walked into somebody else's apartment and shot them thinking that somebody was in their apartment. Am I? That makes sense. That person was either I don't know if it was a cop or just a security guard that was armed. Uh, But the thing where it really shines is the son, uh, the brother. Yeah, I believe it was a brother of the deceased. Uh, in court asked, hey, can I say something to the uh, killer of my brother and says, I just want to say that I forgive you. I know uh, you essentially making an argument for Christ. I mean, the best argument ever, just saying I, I'm not a person to judge you. You're not a bad person and making sure that this person doesn't spiral out into darkness and <clears throat> even Pen talked about how powerful that was and it reminds me of a video that I learned through Brogan and it's uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson and he's talking to a murderer and he uh, forgives the murderer he says that that's all he wanted to say uh, knowing that nobody had probably said that to him which actually just as a a side thing before moving on let me also say that there was a part in the documentary that uh, i mean it had me in tears where one of the older children is being interviewed by the police and I don't know if before this there's clips of him describing things that he was told to do to Gabriel or not. But it almost seems like it implies that. Uh, But the point is, that's another difficult thing where you go into this thought process of why didn't he refuse? Why didn't he fight back? Why didn't he go to the authorities? And. It's one thing to really observe it from the outside and another thing to be right at that moment of of distress and fear and concern for your own well-being. And the detective says like, hey, I just want to tell you I'm the guy in charge and I'm letting you know that you're not at fault for what they made you do, for what happened today, no matter what anybody says. I'm saying that right now. And it was such a powerful thing. And, uh, I mean, it had me in, in tears. Um, there's another part where the sister is being interviewed and she's told she's there. I mean, there are, she knows the horrible things that happened. She saw some of the physical abuse and she wants to confess to something that she did. And you start to kind of cringe as she's saying, I just want to apologize for something bad that I did to Gabriel. And your, your stomach drops. You think to yourself, Oh man, what did she do? Oh, this is going to be bad. I, I really, Hope it's not as bad as, as it could be. And so she says that she feels bad about not playing with him. Uh, and it, it kind of brings you back down to earth, realizing that children are so innocent. Even, I, I mean, she was beating herself up for just not playing with him. Of course, the situation is... is It's so sad that he's alone in a dark room or locked up in a cupboard and uh, she's not forced to be there. So she chose not to. Um, And there's so many aspects of different people that saw, um, saw something that they didn't like and did what they could. But they were stopped um for whatever like obstacles or for different reasons and um yeah so let me just uh say that this is where they introduce something that's because i i know all documentaries are going to push some sort of narrative And I could tell that this is going to be big because this has a more defined enemy. Actually, before I move on to that, what I was kind of prepping to, to lob at you was that when they go into Pearl's history, she suffered abuse as well. And it's one of those things that you often hear about with murderers or with sociopaths that they suffered something and it's some of the worst experiences in life I I would assume would be to experience something that you know is wrong and not being able to do anything about it or something that's unwelcomed and those type of situations do so much damage that it it shatters you on the inside and it, it creates a fragment of you uh, part of you that's locked into that cycle of, of fear and weakness. Um, and then that brings about a bunch of bad things um, <clears throat> along with it. And so that that type of uh, hatred, I mean, when it's not addressed and it's just festering deeper and deeper, then it starts to become hatred and it, it, it self- How would you say it it makes you self-hate and then it ultimately makes you hate a deity, depending on believing or not. Uh, And that's that's when you're completely detached. And it's uh, that's the dark part of society. Remember, I've mentioned that I really wonder if it's not. uh, humanity just severing the bad parts out. You know the the phoenix imagery, where uh, the phoenix is born of the ashes, but the bad stuff dies out and it gets reborn anew. Um, so growth and um, shedding of unnecessary parts, <clears throat> uh, and so yeah, so Olive uh, suffered. Uh, abuse and it's interesting too because in the documentary the specialist the guys that gave her all the uh, testing and uh, evaluation realized and explains it in the documentary in such a way he essentially just says that her intellect is not up to par in other words she's dumb but he says it in such a scientific way that it's kind of funny but knowing what he's saying you're just kind of like yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know what you're you're doing. I, uh, she's dumb. We get it. And uh, d- dumbness doesn't necessarily mean that she could be capable of that. But I think it's the uh, disconnect from uh, the more reptilian you become is the danger part, where you you're starting to turn to the other kingdom uh, when you believe that any person doesn't deserve love. That's when it starts to get into the dark side. And uh, I don't know about Isaro, but it seems like Pearl did suffer that type of lifestyle. And um, at one point it made me kind of remember about the uh, crack epidemic in uh, what is it South Central and all all the impoverished areas where it was essentially a drug targeting African American families. and so before the data stuff, that's one thing that on it might have been like episode three or episode four, where at the beginning they show a, a CPS call, a child protective agency. Uh, investigation that was false and so it was something like oh yeah they, they mentioned that you were arguing and your child was there and the child was endangered blah 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 they had bruising and so she's like oh this is actually an ex she's been making a lot of false claims and Blah blah blah, and so the worker says, "Okay, well, I I need to see the child, and you see him/her investigate the child, realizing the whole time, look, if this took place with Gabriel, it wouldn't have uh, escalated as much as it did." Um, and it, uh, yeah, I, I mean, okay, moving on, the, um thing is that if you allow a system where you can make anonymous claims, then I I mean, that's the only way that it would work because if not, then you'd need to face your accuser and that makes it dangerous for the person. But that, that also allows a lot of lies, a lot of false claims to be submitted. And if what they showed in that in that little skit at the beginning of the episode is true, then they can just target anybody that has a child. Which granted, I, I really do think that when you do have a child, you should baby proof your home. You should cover the outlets, make sure the cabinets aren't able to be opened. Pills are all in, in their proper containers and Uh, away. A lot of those those little safety things and, but I also know, I I mean, I, I used to listen to Alex Jones. I know all those claims where there's like a cable guy and the person has a couple of guns, owns weapons, and then they call it in as suspicious and then they have an investigation because of it. And stuff like that really makes you worried about Having a free open door just because somebody said something about your child. Uh, So I I know that this documentary points out the failures of the system but at the same time I have heard podcasts where I, I know one that came out I believe it was on School Sucks and it was about the cps when they're targeting your child you need to be very careful you want to never ever admit that you tried any drugs at all uh and there's certain things that you never want to do you never want to have your child interviewed without you present and a lot of things can happen where and have happened where the parents end up losing their children and they're not bad people Uh, This isn't obviously the case, but there is also a thing where I still think that if you're not doing anything wrong, it should still be your right to deny access to anyone that comes to your door. Unless there's a warrant that's signed by a judge, you should turn everybody away and not welcome anybody, especially with a badge into your home you're you, you could be in, in danger in many different respects um and so that that kind of perked my ears up and i started thinking like ah oh, this is what they're trying to push but it wasn't it kept going and so they start talking about okay in the system what we can also do is figure out uh, solving problems through the Uh, through algorithms. And so they talk about, it's this, uh, I I found here, uh, Putnam and Hornstein and Rima Vathyanathan, the co-directors of the Center for Social Data Analytics. And so this, Place this is where m- my hair started to raise while watching this documentary. It starts to suggest an algorithm that would be put in place to prevent this from happening in the future. So, what it makes me think is okay, so you're trying to change these jobs into a computer, and then obviously, minority report pops in my mind, and I start to worry about. This is stupid because you can't just assume that people are hurting their children just because they use certain words on the Internet search or whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, And then it's not it's you know how they say that 9-11 was one of the best things that could have happened because they move forward in their agendas so many steps. This feels like that's what they're doing. They're getting the the current system and showing you how it's flawed, which nobody's going to disagree with that. But then the solution that you offer is taking rights away. So yes, it's a new system that hopefully it never happens again. And it's also going to invade a bunch of privacies. So these two things, one, the invasion thing that they can just say, Hey, there was a report. Your child was beaten really bad. We need to check. Let me come into your home. Uh, And then this thing that's checking for... uh, It's just data mining on trying to find... What does it say here? In 2015, 42% of the 4 million allegations received across the county involving 7.2 million children were screened out, according to the New York Times. So, are we already running this thing? This is just like a lot of the other stuff where they're like, we're not checking taking your DNA and they've been doing it since like the 70s. Um, each case is given a risk score ranging from 1 to 20, categorizing each case as either high risk, medium risk, or low risk. This is so dumb. And it, it's crazy because uh, uh, I feel like the type of organization when they're going into the sheriffs and showing that type of system and showing even I, I mean I see it from the inside in my union we we obviously are trying to preserve our union so when there's a political leader that is pro-union will support them as a union and uh, hopefully keep in how would you say securing our right to unionize and to keep a union uh, for our own well-being and so we have to lobby um, all union members in in my trade but um, with this can get into such uh, scary invasions that uh, I I I cringe. I cringe to think that there uh, it's all just keywords. If you remember when Obama what was it that he did? He signed something into office that essentially said if you don't have a social media, you're considered a terrorist and uh, that's considered suspicious activity. Um and not only that, but to decide—you know what—hardworking uh, Americans, our al- this algorithm is gonna do what three hundred of you guys are currently doing now, and to push that. But oh, so that's what I was saying when I got into the union tangent that threw me off, and I was uh, trying to recover. There's a thing, just like like. The thing that we're always fighting with, the guys up on top, sitting in their fake pyramid, trying to influence all these different things with their ugly tentacles. And then somebody gets caught and then they need a fall guy, some guy that's going to die off and essentially that tentacle is cut off but then the rest of it is still preserved and ultimately the whole giant system is preserved. That's essentially what I mean unions are doing and what even the sheriff department was doing they they protect their own that that's all it is and if you're complaining to one about another then they'll they how would you say that they might lean more towards defending the actions of the police officer it's why I said in jury service that I don't trust cops um but there's this interesting thing, just like I feel that the the guys up on top have to follow this really careful line because if they crank those levels too high, you get like these countries that are rebelling and people are running the streets, destroying things. And that's when you cranked it up too high and the ridiculousness uh, went up, which, frankly, sometimes it's really freaking far. Um like uh, I mean not long ago the bailouts and I hear now that there is some sort of deal that did that uh, so I, I don't I, I'm not sure I, I don't care I don't care enough to research it but it sounded like what happened was just the bailouts 2.0 uh, that Trump just did uh, and, and I don't uh, I don't know I don't care I don't care that's that's all nonsense but um, it really surprises you when they can do something. And uh, sometimes it's uh, like a, a huge event, like 9 11, and other times it's something small that just gets waved by and forced down our throats, like uh, healthcare stuff. And then the system gets worse, and they're like, oh, no, it wasn't because of our new system, it was because of whatever. Uh, okay so what what else what went after okay so uh, the series against spoilers at the end they both go to jail Uh, the Isaro the step boyfriend uh, fights it but is proven guilty and there's a debate actually with the jury proceedings that's really interesting because I remember that when I was in a jury there was one person and uh, to be completely fair I don't remember the nationality I do remember that there was a bit of a language barrier and so it 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 often became a, a thing about what do these words mean to you versus everyone else and granted the case that i did it i mean it and it was years ago and does i i can talk about this but it was essentially uh, a young guy was going to school backed out of his, his parking spot by where he lived he's going to glendale community college out here and he's not even five miles away from home anyway he uh believe he rear-ended this car he must have been looking down not paying attention rear-ended this car and then the car takes the guy the owner of the other car takes him to court alleging all these damages but in the case it appears that the person smashed their car harder into a different area and then hired a guy that's like a couple hundred dollars an hour to prove that the Crush coefficients of this car is different than that car and that that damage is not from this and all this whole thing. But anyway, so there was a thing where at the end it's like, okay, so this person thinks that they deserve, I think it was like $4,000 for damages. And uh, we're trying to decide. And a lot of us are saying, nope, zero, nothing. Don't give her a single cent. This is nonsense. That guy did not smash into that car at that speed and do all this stuff. And there was one person that when we took a vote, they felt that the person deserved a lot of the money. And so we got into a discussion explaining, like, no, look, it seems that they're lying. It seems that this and, this, and all the different aspects. And uh, meanwhile, it's a young guy and a older lady, not, not even that old. Anyway, in the end... Um, i i'm pretty sure that that person because we just did it to a vote we said okay since we can't agree on the figures a lot of us saying zero some saying half some saying less uh or a portion whatever it was and then they said okay everybody write an amount on a sheet of paper turn it in and then we'll get the average and it brought the number pretty high like uh, i think it was uh over $1,000 in damages and blah, blah, blah. But uh, in this case, it was the same thing. They were trying to prove, I guess in order to prove murder, it's uh, three different things. And it's uh, premeditation, intent, and uh, unnecessary. I I don't know what it was. I act like I do, but I don't. And one of them was that uh, if they're torturing Torturing the child, then they're not trying to kill it. But then it starts to get into, okay, so what about when you grab the child and choke it? Do you expect torture? And then it gets into such a morbid debate on, okay, if I I knew that if I choked this person for seven seconds until their eyes rolled to the back of their head, that's when I know to let go and I'm not really intending to murder. But I, I think that there's a thing that i a youtuber and i i'm glad i don't know this one because i don't want to add any attention to a horrible person like that but there's a there's a thing that we all have we all have the capacity for dark things but there's a moment when you immerse yourself in an emotion so deeply that it takes over you and a a lot of times when it it, for example if it's anger you'll clench your teeth and you're speaking through clenched teeth and uh, your physical actions might be a little more erratic and less formulaic and uh, I I say the YouTuber because uh, the YouTuber was recording her pet and at one point the pet was becoming a bit annoying and so she shoved the pet off screen, spit on it, and you can see this, this anger uh, towards it. And not to say that you're not allowed to get angry, but the immersion in it is what I'm talking about, where the person is lost in it. Uh, and I've been there. I've been in places where I'm so angry that uh, thank God that I didn't do anything that could have landed me in jail. Because when you're just. When you just ride an emotion and you're you're immersed in it to your neck and all you feel is that thing, you're not thinking straight. It's not you. You've given your authority over to this spiritual force. And now that's overtaken you. And so you know that with Isaro, that's what happened, that he saw femininity or some sort of hate. Uh, which a lot of Mexicans have in that type of aspect, like a a weak man. It's always about being the alpha and that upset him to that degree. But, um, there's no emotion when he's in court and this is where it starts to get a little, uh, Interesting. I mean, after the fear of the algorithm they're trying to push, and then the uh, invasion of, of your home just for having a child. And uh, so there's a <clears throat> fairly recent update, as far as I know. Now, this is more cheese mail, okay? If you need to look uh, Urban Dictionary for that one, um, gossip don't don't look i'm just telling you that's what i was trying to say um so excuse me geez that must be so annoying let me drink some water the good thing is since i'm gonna edit the other part if i can remember 27 minutes and if all that throat clearing is still there then you know that i was too lazy to do it but i already have two files to merge so be a little generous with your thoughts um. Okay, so the, the uh, Isaro, he ends up getting the, uh, spoiler, death penalty, and Olive, Pearl. Did I say Olive earlier? Why do I keep getting Olive? Jeez, Pearl, 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 Pearl. Okay, so Pearl uh, doesn't even take the chance. Although, I think that she has a thing where she can fool people. I've known people like that where they can play their own and and act like they're just a normal citizen. And I really feel that that's what happened with the caseworkers. She would come out and be like, "No, my son, he just makes stuff up. If you see on your paperwork, we took him back from my grandparents and that's why um he's lying and saying that we're hurting him." Oh, that that the that's just a BB gun that went off. He's playing with his brother and he shot himself. The what? The the neck scars? Oh no, he fell and and it was uh, part of the bed that kind of scarred him. Uh, oh, and the back cigarette burns? No, they don't. No, that he fell, right? Yeah, he fell. Um. Anyway, that that's dark, dark stuff. Um. And so Pearl didn't even uh, plead a case; like she just, uh, what do you say? She pleaded guilty and avoided the death penalty, and so she's in jail. And that's where the, the one of the biggest debates starts to happen. Where, like I was saying before, with Huntress Thompson, if we ourselves as individuals, need, none of us have the right to say. And point the finger and say that person deserves to die, then let's let's just assume that we had that authority with the the forgiveness of Christ and and his sacrifice, and why I brought in the uh, police officer that shot that person, and uh, the forgiveness of his brother. We're taught to always forgive that no matter what the radio lab that I always talk about what's left when you're wrong or what's left when you're right, whatever it was. But anyway, uh, to be able to look somebody that took away a loved one in the eyes and forgive them is such a hard thing. And uh, so in other words, uh, everybody deserves forgiveness because, I mean, we're all a fragment of the unifying spiritual force uh, of God. And so we all have the capacity to be corrupted and turn evil, but we are also all all saved if we uh, accept him and, and live like him. But it's such a difficult thing when you see such lack of humanity. When you see what the boy went through, multiple times during the show, I felt like I could myself bare hands, do whatever I could to strangle this man to death. And I wouldn't want to. I mean, I wouldn't want to inflict harm on anyone. But that's how much anger... It it brings up and and then you kind of point the blame at the system and people that saw it and people that knew about it and all the different things and I being Latino I, I have ghetto parts of my family and I know when you have a loved one that's doing something that you wouldn't do and you don't approve of but them being Relatives and that type of thing is is very difficult to see and to understand that his grandparents might not have had much power to do anything. Um, but so <clears throat> not uh, not even two weeks ago, it said that. Um, whoa, okay, so. Or abuse this isn't the so the father during the documentary you learn that Gabriel's actual father uh, Arnold Contreras uh, was incarcerated during the time that all this was happening so you assume that him and Esaro would have fought if he found out about this or at the very least after uh, the death of Gabriel but Uh, He's a part of the whole thing. He's sitting in the court case and he hugs the lawyer when he realizes that they're going to be put to justice. But he's said to have been arrested again. And it's alleged that he's going to be trying to figure a way to be under the same roof as Isaro so that he can get true street justice and i i I have mixed feelings with that as well just as much as the whole death penalty thing but with this one because if you were running the jail unless we were trying to shift this into this uh open justice type of thing like uh, it makes me think of rome and allow it then you're, you're going to allow it if that's the new president. But if it's not, then you're not going to allow that to happen. Even if they are under the same roof, you're not going to uh, allow that man to kill the other. But uh, back to Pearl. So Pearl was locked up because uh, his sorrows in the What's it called? He's in. Um, he's going to be sent to general population, although he's in the process of the death penalty, and that there, this is something that's going to happen in a lot of jails around the. Um, the people that are sentenced to death are going to be moved into the general population to um, await their 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 judgment, I guess and so it starts to make me wonder if this isn't going to turn into like a gladiatorial kind of duking it out because once pearl ended up in jail it, uh, she was having problems with her bunk mates this is all according to a, another woman that was incarcerated it was she was interviewed on youtube but frankly some of the videos might have been removed because He's alleging some things that that might happen, and and then it gets a little fishy for him to um, leave those claims up when he's just hearing rumors. Uh, I, I can understand that, but um, so a girl, uh, she's stealing, essentially currency from what my cousin has told me, like soups and food and things. Uh, stealing it from her bunk mates and so they start getting suspicious and they wonder hey uh why are you in here anyway oh it's uh, child endangerment it's my boyfriend though uh, he's he's gonna be put, put down it's it's uh it's not me i'm i'm the good one and so that's the deception that i feel that you can kind of see throughout and most people don't Uh, assume evil so she's able to get away with a lot of the lies in the past but in here it just wasn't jiving and you can't really the more that you lie the more that you're going to convince yourself of your own lies and it's going to get to the point where you're the only one lying to yourself and I think that that's kind of what happened there maybe she saw it as uh, school or I don't know if she had been incarcerated before but um and by the way she was very um idealistic she no what's the word she she uh, cared about her looks a lot what is the the um ah oh, the greek god that that stared at his reflection and fell in the river and drowned or whatever it was anyway but it, that, that type of thing is so dangerous because Uh, especially when a woman values her attractiveness very highly you know that that's going to go away and just like uh a woman that's been broken up with that flips out Uh, like remember i've talked about this where this girl it appeared was the uh like it was just essentially a, a temper tantrum when the boyfriend broke up that Uh, She flipped out, and it it was because she was very well taken care of growing up and had a lot of stuff and was rarely ever told no, Uh, very spoiled uh, growing up. And I feel that when her boyfriend broke up with her, she finally got the first no that she couldn't change no matter what she did, and that brings up this inner child that just kicks and screams and doesn't know how to handle a no. Um, the dangers of spoiling your children. Uh, but so <clears throat> she's at. I guess they're at the the mess hall. It's weird because they use terminology for the prison similar to military. So anyway, they're there, and a, a, a some sort of can food can. Don't worry, I I, I know I've been going long. Uh, some sort of can they use it to slash her face open she uh, apparently makes contact, uh, eye contact with one of the guards and as the guard turns away and pretends to not see what's happening so she realizes oh man I'm on my own uh, from the description of the damage the blood that's c- scattered all throughout that took a day to clean up I thought a day or two uh It sounds like she was trying to get away from whoever was aggressing and she struggled maybe to see, maybe to get up, uh, but a bunch of girls just start wailing on her and pouring their hot coffee on her and really just messing her up. Uh, I mean, she... she Oh, geez, I, I, I forgot the punchline. So what happened when they were investigating, the bunkmates found out that she was there for killing her son, but they didn't say anything. And then she was probably giving uh, one of the guards a hard time because you can see in the documentary that she's still playing the tough girl role and uh, being very aggressive towards them. But uh, yeah, one of the guards that was having some trouble with her made a comment in passing saying usually pretty good for somebody who killed their son. And at that moment everybody knew that she was in there for doing that. And that that fascinates me because um you think that people that are in there have lost their morals and their ethics. But they haven't. They're just as strong. They still believe that harming innocence is still a terrible thing. And you might be a criminal there, but you're so much more of a hated criminal. If you're somebody that can aggress towards innocence and that's where the fear comes in that if we're going to have. Oh, so if that video is still up where they're talking about that, they put the actual uh, booking number for each one of the inmates that was involved in this brawl. Because the girl that, that slashed her face, she ended up in um solitary, just like Pearl. So they still have not seen daylight, uh, according to how it's described. So they're just locked up 24-7 on their own being fed and, and everything. And so uh they added these this information so that people can donate money and there you have like your bank account and you go and you buy candy bars or whatever it is that you want and and those things i mean it's essentially money it's currency in jail so it's very valuable to be spoiled <clears throat> i know that uh it could be even things like gold watches and jewelry that that is uh currency in there so uh, i this is all just from people that i hear have never been locked up and i don't ever plan to be but um yeah so a type of justice where you can vote other criminals uh killing other criminals it's it's such a almost like a like i said like a gladiatorial thing like i don't know that uh, i mean except for actual family or or people that are um loved by by people there it's using people you don't like to take care of other people you don't like and when I was trying to justify violence uh, even if it meant that violence directed at horrible people like these two uh, Isaro and and Pearl it it starts to make me question uh, things and I'm not saying that they don't deserve it but any type of of um, joy to something terrible like that is so um how would you say concerning to me and uh not only to me but to anyone if if somebody were to go through that roller coaster it, what does it essentially feel like if like the documentary comes out and then people can actually encourage that person to be murdered in prison, for example, if Isaro does end up getting killed in prison, then where where is it that we're uh, how would you say we're jumping over so many uh, societal structures, so many things that we've decided on. And again, I, I don't think that they don't deserve it, but these are the type of things that, like with nine eleven and all the, the uh, all the stuff that has been changing. It's hey, this guy lit his shoe on fire. Now let's uh, let's make everybody take their shoes off. That's the part that I'm really concerned about, and uh, especially with if you <clears throat> here, I'll, I'll scare you a little before I end this. Now that we have. A deep fake system, uh, a whole genre of of technology that can recreate somebody and make them appear to be doing something they're not. It's such a dangerous thing to have any kind of system that decides one person should die. Um, uh, uh, the these people, I don't know. To be frank, I don't know if they can be fixed. Um, but again. Ideally, the, I mean, the way we should be is we should always be forgiving. If somebody is repenting and announcing that they would never do what they did, you are, are were taught to forgive, to always forgive, to have that as a, a generous thing to always be understanding of another human's mistake. Um, but... I don't know if they're saving these two. And I i guess as of me recording this, I haven't heard of any thing. And when I searched the uh, father in the morning, I didn't see anything pop up saying uh, that he was um, <coughs> uh, found with uh, his hands wrapped around the sorrows neck or anything. But, I mean, if it happened to Pearl, then what makes us think that it wouldn't? It's just, it's hard to think that they would just be like, all right, boys, it's it's recess <laughs> in prison. It's recess, lean, the bell rings. And then, hey, guys, everybody go, go out, have fun, exercise. And then here comes the, the Isaro, the stepdad that murdered gabriel fernandez and then the uh, dad is coming in from the other side and then an all-out brawl happens like if if that were to happen it's like they knew this was going to happen uh, i mean there it's almost like it's scripted but then again i mean what happened with pearl feels like it's scripted too it, it just I always try to find purpose because they have so much control over the way they present the story and the way the outcome, the Hegelian dialectic, the problem, reaction, solution. Like they already have the solution. and, And so I feel sometimes it takes a little bit of squinting and turning your head a little and seeing it from a slightly different perspective. And those are the things that really popped up at me. Uh, when I saw that but the the whole thing and not only that but you know the part that I'll, I'll end it soon the part that really makes me think is that all this was going down and not until the documentary came out and a handful of people have watched it so you had at least a week to watch the documentary new on Netflix A place where people are just constantly finding shows to just binge watch. A six-hour show is nothing compared to like Game of Thrones or any season of of almost any show. And it happens to be that right when that documentary ends is when uh, Pearl gets attacked in jail. Um, I I know that the comment might have been brought up because the security guard is the one that uh, saw the documentary and made that comment and uh, ultimately caused Pearl to be attacked. But I don't know. Again, those type of things really make uh, a a critical thinker kind of Mm -hmm. uh, perk their head up and and say, like, wait, out of this whole time, this is when it happened? This is kind of odd. And, uh, at the end, they also repeat another story with, uh, was it Avalon? Alex Avalon? What's the other boy? There was another child that, uh, suffered almost identical fates. And, um, yeah, and they mention it at the end. So, uh, it's such a sad story, but it's so uh interesting it it, i guess the dystopian fictional part of this that that's the how would you say like the uh image of what it could turn into is there's a movie i believe it was oh man I'm not going to remember it, but in that movie, they have a game show on television. I've heard it in other um, science fiction, but in the thing, it says, okay, you're going to play a game show. And in this game show, if you lose, you die. And you see her, like, answer a couple questions. Oh, I'm sorry. You're wrong. And then she's like, okay. uh, Yeah, I tried. And then they're putting a noose around her head. And granted, it's it's meant to be played a little funny, but it really seems like it's not that far of a stretch when people are ruining their reputations for doing stuff like that. Uh, And things like this really concern you. I mean... You would think it'd be almost impossible to, like, the what is, there was a Fox show uh, prison break where it's like they do this whole thing. I I only know, like, secondhand. Oh, this guy goes in, and he has a tattoo, and the tattoo has the prison diagram, and then the brother goes in to get the other brother out, and then they both go in. And then it, it's such a silly thing, and it starts to make this feel like that where it's like well the actual dad got purposefully arrested so that he can be transferred to the same court or the same jailhouse as that guy and he's going to go it sounds like when when people are graduating when when children are graduating and they're going to go to different middle schools or high schools or colleges and they're trying to M- make it where they're, they end up in the same, uh, school and that's work enough. Now imagine trying to get arrested and end up in the same jail. So I call nonsense. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, I guess if it's, if it's worth it, I might do an update on this, uh, depending on what transpires in the next couple of weeks and if not, I, I just do a search, Gabriel Fernandez and all the, Isaro Aguirre, that was the guy, and Pearl Fernandez. Um, just do a quick search and you might find some stuff. I know it was on YouTube that I found, uh, <clears throat> or I was introduced to the other um, guy that was, he was like in jail 10 years and interviewed people. Uh, so there you have it. That I just ruined the documentary for you um, again. I hope you watched it before because I got into some details that I might make you look at it differently. So watch out for this algorithm that uh, who is it? <coughs> the Center for Social Data Analytics built and um, New York Times. Yeah, data mining. See, uh, uh, strategy for effective identifying children who are at the greatest risk using algorithms and registered data mining to determine risk scores of each child. <clears throat> it's all data. Um, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, if you caught something different, then I wish you could let me know somehow. I don't know how this works yet. But um, I appreciate you listening and I hope I made you think at least a little. Uh, have a good one and take care of yourselves. Goodbye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>